Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the Long Story Short podcast with me, your host, Vicky Cornick. On today's podcast, I have the lovely Robin Tapp. Robin is a nurse, wellness advisor, and founder of The Wellness Nurse. She qualified as a nurse nine years ago, and in those years has seen just how much our self-care and stress management affects our health and life. She felt there was a missing element to healthcare, so went on to qualify as a nutritionist, personal trainer, and meditation teacher. Robin's main focus is to teach people to improve their self-care and tap into the unlimited amount of potential they have inside in order to create a happier, healthier life. I loved this chat with Robin and took so many helpful tips from it for myself, so I have no doubt that you will too. Hope you enjoy. Hi, Robin, and welcome to the Long Story Short podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me on. Thank you so much for coming on. So Robin, I have been following you for a while now on Instagram. You go by the wellness nurse, if yes. I'm correct. Yes. Um, so before we get into all things wellness, um, I would love to have you tell myself and our listeners who you are, what you do and who it is that you work with. Yeah, so um, my name is Robin, also known as the wellness nurse. I um, am originally a nurse. I qualified eight years ago. Um, and I, my story about why I got into wellness kind of stems from my own health struggles. Um, in my early twenties, I was quite unwell. I have, um, hereditary heart condition and I was at the point where I was on the list to get a defib pacemaker put in and my lifestyle really didn't support my health. Um, and I kind of got to a point where I was like, okay, I either, start changing what I'm doing, start changing how my lifestyle looks and how I act, or I'm going to have to change a lot about my life. Um, so that was kind of the turning point for me. So I actually got into wellness more so for myself. Um, so when I was qualified as a nurse, I then started studying nutrition and then I went into personal training and then became a mindfulness teacher and um, mindfulness and meditation teacher. And yeah, my, my, business has come from that um I feel like it's such a large topic and there's so much information out there it took me a long time to kind of learn the tools and to understand it um but yeah wellness and kind of prioritizing my self-care changed the direction that my life was going um so that's kind of where I where I really got into it um and yeah now here we are Amazing. I, I think that's, I can somewhat, you know, relate to that in a sense of like, I was quite unwell actually with an eating disorder and which sounds a bit weird, but that's kind of how I got into the yeah. fitness industry because I kind of wanted to, like yourself, turn my life around for, you know, and improve my health. And yeah. um, how did you manage to juggle it all? Like being a nurse, like studying nutrition, getting your personal training qualification. Did you work throughout all of that? Yeah. And I think the important thing to to say to everyone is I did it one step at a time. So mm -hmm. I was working um, at the time I was working in pediatrics. It was like palliative care. So it was really heavy. Um, and I signed up to do a nutritionist course part time. Um, I kind of I got to that point where I was my work was really stressful. My health was really poor. And I as I said, I kind of signed up for me because I wanted to learn how to improve my 
health. Um, so I started, I did my nutrition training on the side while I was working full time. And then after that, I ended up shifting into a GP nurse position because I knew I wanted to combine my skills. Like I've always been so into health and preventative health care. And I knew that I wanted to use my nursing with that to kind of give people a more whole person centered approach rather than just looking at kind of medication and and kind of like putting a plaster on our health I want to help people get to the root of it and to to live in a healthier and happier way so yeah I got a job as a GP nurse and then I actually started seeing patients so I would combine my nursing with lifestyle tips lifestyle medicine and so I did that in the evening so like I started with a couple of clients while I was working um, just to dip my toe in and to see um, and it kind of went from there I then like when I had finished my nutrition training I went and I studied my personal training part-time um, and then after that I did my meditation teacher training so it definitely wasn't all at once it was a transition where I went from full-time nursing and kind of dabbling on the side to then step by step moving into it and I think with these things you can never see where you're going to end up. Like I had no idea, but I just knew that I was enjoying it. I knew it was helping me. I knew I was passionate about it. So I was like, all right, well, I've nothing to lose by just following this and seeing where it goes. Um, so yeah, now here I am today. And my, I suppose it has kind of transitioned a lot in that when I started off, I was very much focused on like nutrition and exercise, which I still am such a huge advocate of. But a huge part of my journey for me was I had to look within me. I needed to, I very much lived my life on autopilot. So I wasn't aware of how my actions affected my life and how my life looked. And I always say to people, I'm like, your your outside world is a mirror of your in, internal world, your inner world. So I had to kind of look inside myself and be like, okay, what are my thoughts? What is my perspective? What what am I, what actions am I taking? What beliefs do I have about myself and my life? And that was where the mindfulness came in. Mm-hmm. And like the mindfulness part of it changed my life. It changed the direction because it took me on off autopilot. And if I didn't have that awareness, if we don't know, we need to change stuff. We can't change. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was the big piece. It was like, I was able to zoom out and kind of just watch what was going on and how, what was my thoughts and my actions were affecting what was happening around me. Um, so yeah, I had to do a lot of work, a lot of inner work, but that just started with connecting with me and becoming more aware of my thoughts. Um, so again, like piece by piece, it all came together and I had no idea. I didn't know that I'd end up here, but yeah. I just kind of went with what felt really good and what I enjoyed. That's such a good way to look at it though, because I am definitely that person that's maybe you know especially going into the fitness industry and like I didn't finish school so I didn't do my leaving cert it was that constant fear of like what if this doesn't work out what if I fail but you sound like you had a really you know the fact that you went into this out of pure enjoyment and for yourself as well like you did a nutrition course to you know learn about nutrition for yourself yeah I think that's such a brilliant way to do things and that kind of I'm almost listening to you and I'm kind of like oh my god that feels so relaxing like a really relaxed way to do it because I'm definitely that person that constantly worries about the future and like thinks well what if this doesn't work out like what if I fail and it's like something that I'm I'm learning and I'm trying to you know better understand is that you will never you never fail unless you quit like that's exactly something I always say to clients always say in my head but you always will learn something from it so like 
let's say and it's obviously worked out brilliantly for you because this is now what you're doing today and I suppose like when was that moment that you realized that you were like I actually want to do this as my you know career there was a lot of wobbles on the way honestly like it was not smooth sailing there was a lot of fears and doubt and being like well like I can't do this I have I went to college I have this degree it's a good solid job it'll get me a mortgage it's safe it'll get me a pension so like that, those fears and stuff came up and they still do come up. But I think what you said there about um, following what feels good, like your why, why are you doing it? And um, people always ask me that like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of unhappy in my career. How do I, I don't even know where to start. I don't know what course to do. And I'm like, what are you interested in? Mm-hmm. Like do it for you first, do something to learn that you can put into practice. And then you might end up, using it to help other people like whether that's a Reiki course whether it's learning about nutrition whether it's whatever and your passion and your story I feel like is such a big part of that because I wouldn't have the tools or the understanding or to be able to connect with people unless I'd been through it first so everything I teach I've used in my life and I use every day and I understand a lot where people are and I think that adds hugely to what I do yeah I I was just gonna say like I think people really notice that like clients will notice that if you can relate and don't get me wrong like I have women who have four kids and they're working so I you know can't relate to that because I'm a 24 year old and I have no kids and I have a dog and you know I'm renting an apartment so it's it's slightly different but like I think still you can I suppose empathy is one of those things that you can put in place through your own experiences that you've had. So while the story might be totally different, like we can relate on some level because maybe they're having a stressful time and I've been through a stressful time in my life. So it's that empathy, I suppose, that, you know, helps you be better at your job, I think. And you have that awareness that you know that you haven't been there with someone that has kids, but you also have the understanding where you're like, okay, what I do is not going to necessarily be what works for you. And that's okay. As long as I think you're aware of that, we've all experienced the same thing. And we're all, we all want the same things. We all want to feel good. We want to live a life that we enjoy and have more happiness and, and feel good moments. And I, I I don't think there's anyone in the world that doesn't want that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and going back to when you were saying like, you find out that you know, you had a heart condition and your lifestyle wasn't great. Can you kind of give a little bit of a summary of what, you know, was it going out partying every weekend? Was it, you know, eating, drinking, whatever you wanted? Like, what what did that kind of look like? That's a good question. Um, So I know it all stemmed from, um, I was really angry. I was diagnosed when I was 13 and I was a competitive swimmer. I was so into sport and I was quite good at it. Um, and we were on our way home from a holiday and I collapsed in the airport and within that same week like I as far as I was concerned I was really healthy there was nothing wrong and within a week I had found that I had a heart condition I the doctor I remember turning around to him going can I swim again and he looked at me and he was like no all you can do is play chess and tiddlywinks I was 13 and I remember just sitting there and being like what the fuck am I allowed to curse yeah of course oh my god this is a free zone absolutely it's like what the fuck and I was I was so angry and of course you're 13 so you don't I could I just couldn't process it it was such a big shift and again you go into fear because you're like okay what does this mean 
Like I, I just, there was so much going on. Yeah, I and suppose I when think, you're a teenager and you hear heart condition. I had no idea. And I didn't want to be different. Mm-hmm. You're at the age where you're like, I, I just want to be the same as everyone else. I don't want to feel different. Um, And so like at the time, the hospital like tried to get me to go to therapy and stuff. But again, therapy was something that wasn't, people didn't talk about it like we do now. And I it made me feel more different. I was like, great, I have a heart condition and you want me to go yeah, and talk to yeah. someone. So I kind of bottled up all the anger. I never really dealt with it. Um, and then when I was growing up, I like I would take my medication and go for scans and stuff. But I would, I started drinking. Um, I was a smoker. Again, I was using outside stuff to really kind of cope with that, mm-hmm. the stuff that was going on inside. And I never, I just never, I didn't know that I needed to. Um, I knew I was angry and I knew that I resented it a lot but I use stuff outside of me to deal with that pain and that frustration. Um, and I feel like stuff like that as well, you kind of get whispers along the way. Like I always believe that you get signs and it's like, like there are small signs. It's like, okay, this shit that you're doing is not, it's not helping. Like your, your health is going to suffer because of it. And I kind of just ignored it. I was like, I don't care. This is shit. Anyway, I just want to do, I want to be normal. I want to spend time with my friends and then eventually I got to a point where I went in and the doctor was like, like your, your heart function's really bad. Like you have, I had arrhythmias and they need to put in a defib pacemaker essentially in case my heart stopped. Mm. Um, and it would have meant like probably no kids. I wouldn't have been able to train anymore. I had started kind of exercising and stuff along the way. Um, but it was that moment where I was like, okay, Robin, you have to get your shit together mm. here. It's like, you have a decision. It's like you either change what you're doing or your life is going to look very different. And that's when I started to learn. And I started to kind of look within me and be like, okay, I have, I have a bit of work to do here. Um, and it was even little things like, I I just wasn't conscious of what I was eating. I, my sleep, like I would be the last one at a house party. Yeah. <laughs> like if we went out, I would be the last one there. Anytime the girls were like, do you want to go out drinking? I'd be like, yeah, absolutely. But again, I was using it because it, it essentially helped me feel better because I felt so crappy when mm. I was not drinking that it was just like a, something outside of me that I used. Um, I suppose a short-term feel better yeah. for a long-term yeah. not feeling better. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, yeah, it was in my teenage years. There was a lot of anger mm. um, and I'm so grateful now that I have the awareness, but like, I feel like I'm also so grateful for it because I'm like, I learned so much about myself. I've also learned everything that I now am able to use in my work Mm -hmm. um, and that I love. So yeah, that was, sorry. So it was essentially, yeah, inside stuff that I hadn't dealt with, drinking a lot. I was, I was smoking, didn't sleep well. And all of that stuff really just added up. And my my health was like, no, sorry. Yeah, and I think like, Certainly when you have a health condition or, you know, you have something that you need to look after your health, but it, it's such an eye opener and it's such a reason. Like I have a client that comes to mind there and she's had quite a troubled medical past or history. And like, it's really interesting because a lot of women will start with me in the gym. The first thing they'll say is they want to lose weight and that's fine. I'm not against people having that as a goal. I think for some people, it's a great goal. You know, we all deserve to feel good in our bodies and feel confident. But for her, there's never been any mention of that. It is purely mm-hmm. she's there for her health. And she's yeah. there because she knows there was a time she would have never been able to do this. So I think it's like mm-hmm. an eye opener 
for people, you know, when they might have a sickness or an illness or something that they're like, you know what, like, yeah, okay, I go to the gym and, you know, having my body change is a byproduct, but I'm, I'm really like my main reason for going to the gym and eating well is because, you know, I want to feel my best internally. Um, And I think that transfers over to externally. I think it's kind of a no, no brainer. I've seen it happen so many times. 100%. Yeah. Your why, like my why for not drinking really anymore for training and, and my wellness and meditating and stuff is it makes me feel so good mm. and my health is thriving because I've changed that and before I didn't really have a why because I was like oh, why would I bother like things are crap anyway there's no point whereas now I'm like no this supports me I just there's always that phase I think as well when you start doing something where it feels like nothing's really happening mm-hmm. but if you just keep going you will start to see things change around yeah. you And I always say that to people when they're struggling. I'm like, I know this feels so hard because you're starting off and you're doing everything and you're like, I see no changes. I don't feel that much better or whatever it is in your life. But if you can just keep going till you see it, that will be motivation enough. And now, like, even when it comes to a night out, I can go and I have a couple of drinks, but I also flash forwards to what I'll feel like the next day and my heart health and stuff and I'm like that's enough for me yeah I have this thing that I always I use it with myself I use with clients and it's what would my future self thank me for and that can be you you know like that going out for a few drinks and thinking oh my god what's Robin going to be like first thing tomorrow morning if she has you know 10 10 drinks or she's probably going to be feeling a little bit better if she has maybe three and that's something that I've really had to and and as well like something that I know you talk a lot about is that kind of like pause and that just like living in the moment and asking yourself, what do I want to do, you know, for my future self or, or, you know, how is this going to make me feel? Whatever the question is, but so many times, and I'm guilty of it as well. We don't, we don't pause. We just go with, you know, what everyone else is doing and go with our, you know, quickest instinct possible. And sometimes that's great. And I'm all about like that, enjoying my life and living life to the fullest. But then again, it's like, you can get so much benefit from just taking a step back and just pausing and asking yourself, right, what I'm about to do now, is this, you know, is this something that I'm going to thank myself for? Um, Yeah. And I think that's hard as well. When you're really busy and you have a lot going on, life ends up just being on autopilot mm -hmm. because it's a matter of survival where you're just getting up, you're doing what you have to do to get through it. So it is tough at the start to build that awareness um, and that's why I love talking about mindfulness. Mm. And I know we'll talk about like little things that people can do pair into their day that they already do to help that. Um, but I also think a big part of it is your relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. So like on, I always think back to my journey as well. I was so disconnected from myself, didn't really like myself, no compassion and turning in and just spending a bit of time connecting to me and I suppose being able to care enough about me and how I felt was like the foundation of it because I think if we're really disconnected from ourselves it's quite hard because you're not going to really prioritize your needs you know that kind of a way um that's definitely something I can relate to and I I go through phases of it like sometimes I feel you know really in tune with my body and I feel really good and I feel you know energized I feel confident I feel I know what I'm doing where I'm at and then I have these like dips where like that I feel disconnected I don't feel you know I'm criticizing myself I'm 
and and that's when I know like okay maybe I'm doing too much right now usually it's for me it's a it's a burnout thing it's like I haven't you know took some downtime I haven't you know actually come home and have have had a dinner with my boyfriend like I'm like that autopilot that's something that that word just like you know really I can I can relate with I'm you know training really hard but and I love my training but I definitely am guilty of getting caught up in using training as like that hour where I just don't have to think about anything else whereas Mm -hmm. it's probably the hour I should be thinking about a lot of things and just but not in a negative way in just a you know pausing and, and being more mindful of of where things are at um yeah so I suppose for somebody like myself that tends to be on autopilot and struggles with that connection with with themselves where where can we start like what are certain things that you know you might talk to clients about implementing in order to be more mindful so I think especially if you're busy um, like I always explain mind so mindfulness is your awareness of the, the present moment so like when you're mindful you're living here now so your mind is not off in stories about things that happened in the past or worrying about something that might happen tomorrow you're you're here in this moment which is the only moment we ever really have and what mindfulness does is it relieves that stress and that anxiety and that worry because you can't be thinking of two things at once you can't be focused on being in the present and worrying about something that'll happen tomorrow or something that might a story or something from your past um but I always say to people think of it like a muscle so like when you train you go to a gym you lift a weight one rep doesn't do a whole lot but if you keep doing reps they add up like that that effort adds up and it does make a difference so think of mindfulness mindfulness is that moment where you notice that your mind has left and now you're in a story you're in a thought and you bring it back Mm -hmm. So if you think about every time you notice that, it's like a rep. It's like reps for your brain. So you're returning to the present moment. You can do that with things you already do. It doesn't need to take more time. So like, for example, in my own life, when I started all of this, I used to just practice it on the way to, on the bus to college. So I would, my intention in the morning, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be more aware of my breath today. Because when you're aware of your breath, you're present. Mm -hmm. So I would sit on the bus and instead of scrolling on my phone or being lost in, thoughts or worries I'd anchor myself with my breaths I literally just sit and watch the inhales and exhales and my mind would wander loads but anytime I noticed I was like that's okay I'll just bring it back so I was just pairing it with things I was already doing say for example you have a shower after work in the evening a lot of the time your mind is probably in your day and what happened or what you have to do tomorrow be there while you shower Mm -hmm smell the shampoo, feel the water on your skin, just bring a little mindful moment. When you're brushing your teeth, the same thing. I'm sure like me, like you go to the dentist and they're like, you're literally nearly brushing your gums away because we're so not there when we're doing it. We're just, we're everywhere else. Come back to the moment when you're driving. Like I love to, if I don't have much time, I'll turn off the radio and I'll use my drive as a bit of stillness and a bit of space. And I'll, just come back to now this is mad. And if you can practice- I just uh, when it comes to driving I actually drove somewhere god it's about a month ago I drove somewhere maybe like 10 minutes and I was like I don't even remember driving here like exactly what you said there that just really jumped out to me and I think you posted something the other day on your story like going for a walk with no podcast no music yeah. just listening yeah. and I actually did that and a part of me initially was like, oh, this is so boring. Like, what? Like, what? I have nothing to... Your mind is going to resist it, of course yeah, it is. Yeah, but 
I was it was 10 minute walk like it, to just where I work so it but it was like I was so delighted with myself I was like you know I heard buses go by I heard motorbikes go by not the most yeah. amazing sounds but like I didn't well, you were there I didn't need something to get me somewhere yeah you were there and it's about like you are you are not your mind you're not your thoughts you're not your your um your beliefs you are bigger than that there's a quote I love and it's like you are the sky everything else is just the weather so you are that big that bigger piece that bigger part and your mind is the the weather the clouds the different thoughts and things that come in you hold space for them but they're not you so if you can like that you went for your walk and you didn't have headphones in you're not you're not anywhere else if you can even like make an effort to listen to birds or breathe like you may have had no conscious breaths all day you're just running around you're looking after everyone else you're doing what needs to be done if you can do that even if it was 10 minutes or you're spending your time in this moment you're not worrying you're not activating your stress response you are strengthening that muscle and I think we feel like sometimes it's going to be this huge thing that we need to do this monumental effort but if you do small things every day they add up so you don't need to even sit with a meditation practice and especially to start meditating can be quite hard it's because you're going to have that resistance like you felt your mind was like this is stupid so much to do I need to be here I need to be there be the observer of that just watch just like okay I wonder what resistance my mind is going to have for this today and just laugh it off I laugh at my mind when I'm when I'm sitting down to meditate and it's really busy at the start I'll just kind of smile and I'm like there we go there's that resistance yeah. but just allow it that's okay yeah. like it's new and you're 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 practicing and you're learning to be more present and it's going to take a bit of time but you are the observer you're not your thoughts mm. yeah I'm I'm a perfectionist like when it comes to training or you know work or whatever it is and I suppose this is the time to not be perfect and I think Absolutely. that's a huge like misconception people have about everything to do with their health like god how many times do we talk about how you don't have to be perfect with your diet to get results how we don't have to you know be perfect with our new you know training to get great results like it's the same when it comes to you know everyone everyone's human we're not designed to be perfect we're designed to and I always just say to people like can you be that one bit better than you were yesterday and even if you're on this streak where you are and then one day you're not it's, it's fine. fine because mm-hmm. go back to six months ago, you're better than you were then. So yeah, yeah that's, that's really. And that's that compassion piece as yeah. well, right? Where you're like, instead of beating yourself up, you're like, no, you, you did, you're doing great. Keep going. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And that difference, the difference in how you respond to yourself is the difference between giving up or continuing on. Yeah, exactly. And like, I think when we are more compassionate or when I'm, you know, coaching women, then they, you know, that compassion kind of clicks with them and they understand it, mm. their mm. results are better because there's not this deadline. There's not this, you know, I have to get a certain weight before this, you know, date, or I have to be able to, you know, squat this amount before a certain, like there's no pressure. Mm. There's a, uh, when I say pressure, like a little bit of pressure I feel is good because, you know, it gets the work done. But yeah. as well, like what's the rush? Um, which is yeah it's uh, you can I suppose apply that to to everything um so when it comes to so we've kind of briefly touched on meditation is there 
you know, an introduction to meditation that people can do. Because for me, like even five minutes seems like a struggle. Yeah. So yeah. do we start with a minute or or how? There's there's lots of different ways. Um, like I would say, start so small. Um, and actually, I recommend a lot of people to start with guided. Or I teach a lot of visualization because when you have someone guiding you, it gives your mind an anchor to focus on. So often at the start, like if if I was to say to you, look, I want you to sit down and just watch your breath for twenty minutes. Your mind is going to spend most of that time elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you have someone guiding you, um, so I have a an online membership called The Space and we do meditations every week, but I create them with visualizations and guidance in them because especially at the start when you're not used to focusing your mind on something, it's going to wander a lot and then you're going to be feeling frustrated and resistant and be like, I'm so bad at this. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of people give up. Yeah. And I'm like, that is so normal I've been meditating for years and my practice this morning my mind I was elsewhere for the whole thing that's okay Mm -hmm. that is okay but what I would say is start with a guided so listen let someone else tell you what to do and especially visualizations are nice because they can bring in all of your senses and so like when I teach them I will be like feel like a light breeze on your face imagine the heat of the sun Mm -hmm. smelling stuff like when I use like a beach, like I'm like, imagine your feet in the sand mm. and the sand feeling because you're using all of your senses and it's much easier to focus yeah. and it's, it'll help you start building that practice of just sitting down with yourself. That's the hardest thing. We're so resistant to sitting down with ourselves without TV, without a podcast, without scrolling. Yeah. Because it's so foreign to us. And that's when our mind is like, whoa, what are you doing? I don't want to do this. This is weird. So start off with guided or a visualization and I um like you can find some on Spotify on YouTube yeah that that's brilliant and I suppose it's kind of like a real representation of what the world is like now that Mm. going into a cafe or a restaurant by yourself and sitting there without even you know a book or your phone and just having your lunch like you never see that and I always had this thing like my dad would have traveled a lot for work and spent quite a, a lot of time in the states and solo dining over there is a huge thing and like Mm. he would you know go in and there'd be you know the counter at the bar area and he'd just sit there and have his meal and like I would be like judging I'd be like dad do you not have your like phone or like he'd be like no like I left in you know the hotel room or whatever and I'd be like a book and he'd be like no I just sit and like just you know acknowledge what's around me and my food and I'm happy out and like I would just find that mind-blowing and it's something that I think everybody could do because we live in this world where it's like I come home here and I I'm not really a tv person um although until selling sunset season six (laughs) um but I'm not really a tv person but still my thing is like I need something like it's too quiet. I need yeah. to listen to a podcast when I'm making my lunch, which I suppose that can be great because it can be educational, like at the same time, yeah. but I'm kind of half listening to it. You know, it's like, well, still, it's almost like it's too quiet. Something's wrong. So yeah, I think that's, um, yeah. it is a representation of what our, what our kind of world has come to. Um, and it starts small. It's like, if you're so used to needing noise, you don't have to go from listening to stuff and having the TV on to having none of it. But like that, can you go for your walk without headphones and let that be your piece of stillness? Like I love to explain, it's like I have teached three pillars of self-care. So the first one is like your nutrition and hydration, what you eat and drink, 
The second pillar is your exercise and your sleep, your movement. And the third pillar is connection to yourself and that stillness piece. And I think that is what we miss so much. And it's the pillar that I missed for years. Um, And it's only through doing all this work that I learned about it. That can be anything. That can be your walk without headphones where you're with just you and your thoughts, whatever's going on. It can be a meditation. It can be using a journal. It can be um, even your training. Like I can count my training as part of that as well because with exercise, my mind is in the now um, and I'm spending time with myself. So there's no rules on what that is. But if you feel really, really resistant to spending any time by yourself, you need to start spending a little bit of time and they start with five minutes, mm-hmm. start tiny and just start building. Because if you don't spend any time without distractions, how do you ever hear your own inner yeah. voice? You don't. And I think a lot of people will say like, oh, well, I don't want to hear it because it's critical. And I suppose that's maybe where the journaling side of things comes in. Yeah. And that's also, but that's the voice of your yeah. mind. That's your mental chatter that we have going on. Um, and that will, the more mindfulness you bring in, the more time you spend kind of just coming back to your breath and things around you, that voice does get that bit quieter. Mm-hmm. But when I, I mean by your inner voice is like your intuition, yeah. the voice of you, not your mind and knowing, like, especially I always say to people, like if they're trying to get clarity on what to do next, or they're trying to create change, I'm like, you can't create change without getting still, mm-hmm. because how do you know? the right next step for you how do you know what to do next if you can't hear it if all you can hear is what other people are saying to you and that external noise you end up making decisions based on what you think or what other people are saying and like that is one thing that that mindfulness has brought me is I have such a strong connection with my inner voice I know what to do especially if there's something big coming up in my life I will spend even more time getting Mm -hmm. still no that's great but we're we're so not used to that because no one teaches us that. No one ever says you actually need quiet time. You need to um, meditate or do. We we talk about it so much more now. But growing up, never. No, no, and like I suppose slightly going off topic, but like I listen to a lot of women who you know maybe work in tech or you know work in these big companies, solicitors, accountants, and like they're saying that they're like companies are bringing in this more kind of like wellness package and you know do this but then there is that that pressure hasn't changed of like well you've got a deadline that you have to you know reach so I suppose it is a struggle for them they're like how am I you know supposed to fit in 10 minutes of meditation or or time for myself and look I know there's always that way of like well if you can scroll on your phone for 10 minutes you can incorporate that there is that bit of um you know what you call it discipline that needs to come in but yeah, it can be really hard when, you know, we're living in this fast paced, pressurized work environment world, whatever we want to call it. Um, And I don't think life has ever been so busy for people. And adding, you know, you have access to people like 24 seven, my my boyfriend is actually just telling me he works in a school, they brought in this thing, which I think is brilliant, where you can't contact anybody after 6pm and before 8am. Monday to Friday and on the weekends and I just think that's amazing like you know he would be that person that we'd be away on holidays and being like oh somebody's after emailing me and I just think we need that time away and here's me like a self-employed person who's accessible on WhatsApp 24 7 but like still it's yeah it's it's a it's a hard one and and just so like that when we think 
when we have these thoughts um journaling I know like people find incredibly beneficial and I it's something I'm gonna say for about the last two years I've been telling myself I have to do and I have not done it yet so I'm kicking myself but I feel this is a little kind of accountability thing or talk where I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna start it because I know like there are so many for me it's like talking I feel helps my you know stressors and if I'm anxious or whatever my dad's a great person for that I'm like dad I'm really stressed with this with the business or whatever and he just like brings me back down and is like you know I I just feel like I have a weight off my shoulder you know after Mm. but I suppose like I don't want to be calling my dad every single day being like I've got this problem got this problem so with journaling you put up some really good prompts on Instagram which are so helpful because I'm that person that like is like what do I journal you know how was my Mm. day or or so off the top of your head are there any kind of prompts that are great that you really kind of use often or suggest people start with um but just for people who are unsure of what to write yeah and I feel the thing with journaling is as well with any tools right you don't have to use them every day so people always message me and they're like I can't get into journaling I'll do it once and then I won't do it again for ages and I'm like yeah so you you journaled like you you haven't done it wrong like I don't journal every day I use my journal at certain points in my life and you can't get it wrong a journal is a it's a space for you nobody nobody's looking at it nobody's judging it um and like I with journaling there's so many different ways you can use it so like you could do if you're really stressed it's something as simple as a brain dump like sitting down at the end of a day and being like okay what am I trying to remember what do I need to do next week what is my main thought at the moment that I'm worried about? Write it down because it helps you create that space. And again, working on that awareness of what's going on inside Mm -hmm. you. And it takes us off autopilot. Um, So that's really simple. You don't even need any prompts. Just write down what's going on in your brain. No rules. It can be words. It cannot even make sense. Sometimes you could not read my writing because I'm so tired, but I'm like, I just need to get this out. I just need this needs to get out of my head. Like envisioning Um, it, leaving your head, I think is while that might seem a bit wishy-washy, I think that's so helpful. But but your mind isn't designed to carry around all these things to remember. Your conscious mind is designed to be in the moment so like if you you need to have somewhere to put things that you need to remember things you need to do um and think of it as like you're not going to forget them because you can just go back and look at it tomorrow if if you need to remember them um I use my journal hugely for practicing appreciation and I think a big part of my my wellness journey and changing my health was I needed to massively change how I was looking at things and my perspective and I was glass half empty that's all I saw I didn't see any good my mind only showed me the negatives and I I always almost say it's like an Instagram filter I was like okay what filter do I have on today okay negative every single thing in my life that's going wrong so I use appreciation and trying to change how I feel and look at things but it took it took a while to build up that muscle um but like I'll sit down like even this morning like when things when there's something going well in my life I'll milk those good feelings so like if there's something if I get some opportunities in work or something goes really well I literally write down I'll write down everything I appreciated about it I will say thank you for it I'm like I'm so glad because this gives me more opportunities or it feels really good or I'm enjoying it I milk those good feelings 
because that that appreciation then we see more 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 yeah, more, like more it, comes it's in. that snowball effect where yeah yeah it's you're you're changing what your brain is focusing yeah. on and um, so I will literally just write down and I think with with gratitude and appreciation as well people are like oh I find it really hard to feel grateful for that so the one thing I always say is when you're sitting down to do gratitude, find something in your life that feels easy. So there could be five parts of your life, maybe your relationship, your work, your health that are not going well. And there may be one part where things feel good and things are easy. It could be your pets. It could be your home. It could be a date night that you've had. Focus on that Mm -hmm. one. Go to that one and just write down some good thoughts about it and what you appreciate. And when you leave the other stuff alone for a while, you'll be amazed how your perspective your perspective shifts um but again there's no rules what do you what what do you appreciate about it what feels good mm-hmm. um that's something i use it for and then i use it for um things that you want to create so like i write a list of things that i want to i call it deliberately create in my life um and i let myself just use my imagination give myself permission to to daydream about things that i would like to bring in or things that i would like to happen um and I honestly think that a journal is where you start bringing things to mm-hmm. life. So my journal is the first place I go when I have something that I want to do. I'm like, okay, first step, write it down. Mm-hmm. Write it down and let the momentum build from there. And again, you're bringing it into your awareness. And I always say to people with your mind, like you can ask, you can be like, okay, I want this. Show me what to do next to start to bring this to life. Your subconscious mind is insanely powerful but we're not really taught how to use it. Um, But again, like your journal, it's your space. There's no right or wrong. You don't have to do it every day. You can do it once a month. You could do it once a year. You might find like, I filled an entire journal in January alone this year. And then I didn't really journal for February because I was going through some stuff in January and it was a tool that was helping. And then I was like, no, I actually don't need that at the moment. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, again, back to that. There's no perfect way. There's no right way to do it. It's really... Yeah, it's a definitely a relief, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so I'm intrigued to know like what a typical day looks like for you. Is every day different oh, yeah. or do you have a nice routine or <laughs> is it mostly routine and a little bit different? What does it look like? Uh, they're different. Like I have set things that I do. And I always say like, because I'm self-employed, like I do have more flexibility around how my day looks. Um, so generally like I, my morning routine and connecting with myself has been, it's been the foundation for change. It's the first thing I worked on when I wanted to start changing my life, my health, because it gave me time to come off autopilot and be more intentional. Yeah. So my morning routine was like the foundation of change. So I'll always do a meditation. It is my time just to get still to tune in and listen to what's going on to kind of notice where my mind is what I'm focusing on and then after that I'm very much flexible and intuitive in what I do like I'm I'm such a big fan of like habits and rituals and stuff but also allow them to be different like you don't need the same thing all the time I'll always do my meditation because it's it's building my mindfulness and it helps me throughout the day but like say this morning I did my meditation and I did appreciation for there's some really exciting stuff going on in my life. And I was like, I want to continue to feel grateful for this. So I just wrote down a few things about it. Um, and then I train. Um, so I do um, training kind of early in the morning. And then I 
I'm lucky in that I do the wellness nurse and then my husband, we also have another business. So I do the businessy side of that. So I'll go into the office and work on one or the other. Um, And then the evenings, I love Married at First Sight Australia. I have got on that. I I haven't. Is it worth trying? It's good. It's good. Yeah. So I'll generally like we have two dogs, so we'll bring them for a quick walk. What type of um, dogs do you have? Make I have a Springer cross and a terrier. They're both rescues. They're both absolutely I have a wild. Um, she is. She's oh. done if you can see her there. She's passed out on the couch just in the back there. Uh, wild. Wild. Like, wild. Oh, I adore her. She's such yeah. a gem, but oh my god, she's crazy yeah yeah so like that we walk them and then we'll make dinner um and just sit and watch uh, like one episode and I'm honestly I'm in bed by like half nine ten um I like I yeah I love getting up early I'm more of an early bird than a night owl um but yeah the, the kind of main foundation of my day is just connecting with myself whether it's 10 minutes or whether I have 30 minutes it's just that sitting down and going in before I go out throughout the yeah. rest of the day it's my my one thing and I find if I don't I'm quite disconnected mm. and overwhelmed um so yeah yeah days they they change um they vary but Foundation that is my days. my one it's thing yeah, yeah it's like that it's yeah. being self-employed I think it has to be a little bit different every day um but yeah I'm kind of the same mm. but my my plan is to bring in that connection piece but yeah. yeah. And like that, I was saying to you, I think before we started recording, like I have two mornings off a week. That's those mornings are like easily can be done. The early, early starts. Yeah. We'll see. But am I right in saying like you could even do that in the evening instead? You can yeah. do it whenever. Like when I was it's like I when I was working nursing full time, like I did GP nursing, which was nine till six every day. Um, so I would just get up like 15 minutes mm. earlier and do it before I went in or if I was wrecked I would come in in the evening and while I was in bed I'd kind of just do a little bit of meditation or journaling around yeah. my day on days where I used to work 12 hour shifts or nights again it was different because I, I would fit it in however yeah. I could and um, sometimes that was even on my break just taking 10 minutes and like I actually I used to work permanent nights for a while and on my break I would sit in um, where our lockers were and I would I would just sit with my breath for a few minutes because there was so much going on and I didn't have time to meditate. I didn't have much time for self-care on those days that I just used that as a time to come back and to kind of decompress before I went out and finished mm-hmm. my shift. So it, I always say to people, don't feel shit because you can't do what someone else does with yeah. their routine. Just take and leave what works yeah. for you it's it's not about there's no right or wrong with this it's just about doing something that makes you feel better with the time that you have whether it's five minutes or whether it's 55 amazing amazing that's so helpful and all the info that you've given there it's brilliant and something I know so many people will take great tips and advice from and just before we wrap up which is sad because I've loved chatting to you so much and I just have three rapid fire questions yeah everybody panics but no they're I and I always say this they're actually really easy questions but people still go oh my god I can't I can't think um number one what's your favorite breakfast 
Oh, I love yeah. pancakes. I, I'm, a, I'm a pancake person. Baby, love favorite maple syrup yes, and fruit. Amazing. Um, who yeah. is your favorite uh, music artist? Oh, I'm going through a massive rag and bone phase at the moment. Mm-hmm. I love his um, music. I also my music taste is a bit mad. I love Eminem I for training. Love, love Eminem for training. Then I love um, Dermot Kennedy and Tracy Chapman reminds me of my dad. So oh, I just amazing. love her music. Amazing. Yeah, she's, she's amazing. Yeah. Um, and your favorite book? Oh, my favorite book. I have so many. Um, I, I read a lot of kind of self-development. Um, mm. my, my favorite ones, the, the first book I ever read was The Power of Intention by Wayne Dyer. And it kind of got me into... Um, the more spirituality um, mm-hmm. and spiritual self-care part. And I feel like that was very much like the, the start of it for me. So I always love yeah. his stuff. I love Wayne Dyer books. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Well, brilliant. And last question, Robin, where can people find more about you? Be it socials, oh. website. So my you? Instagram is at the wellness nurse. So it's I or E for Ireland. Um, and I have a website, the wellness nurse.ie. Um, so you can find me there. And I also have a podcast as well, the wellness nurse podcast. Well, thank you so much, Robin, for coming on to chat. I loved, loved that chat so much. Um, and my now mission is to incorporate a small amount of mindfulness and meditation a little bit of stillness yes brilliant thank you so much thank you I really hope you enjoyed that episode with Robin and took plenty of helpful tips from it if you enjoyed this episode I would love for you to share it with your friends family or anyone else you think might find it useful as this really helps in growing the podcast for more info, make sure to follow me on Instagram at Victor Cornick, as well as my gym page at victory underscore fitness underscore IE. This is where you can also check out our 28-day trial that we run for half price. And lastly, if you're wanting to get updates for future episodes, which include some incredible guests, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. See you next time.